0: But I have never known any motivator, even pastors who I appreciate, the pastors who are motivators. Never known anyone to get into your heart like a book. That's why you'll hear me always saying you are the same today. You're going to be five years from now, except for two things. The people you meet, the books you read. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Let me just give you one little taste of what I hope you'll do when you go home tonight. And those in the audience will go to your bookstore. Jeffrey Jones, my son, age six. I taught him to sell greeting cards when he was age six. What I learned from Jeffrey Jones at age six, I learned more about selling and managing. And being motivated, watching my son learn the meaning of commitment and involvement, and Og Nina picked the story of Jeffrey Jones as the greatest chapter in self-motivation I've ever written. I just want to whet your appetites, because you see, I want to spend a little more time now tonight sharing with you again the power of books. In my life, I've known some wonderful motivators, and I can name motivators tonight. I hope everybody in America. On this series, you will see some of the greatest, most wonderful, sincere, genuine human beings called motivators you'll see in your whole life. But I have never known any motivator. Even pastors, I appreciate the pastors who are motivators. Never known anyone to get into your heart like a book. That's why you'll hear me always saying, you are the same today. You're going to be five years from now, except for two things. The people you meet, the books you read. The people you meet and the books you read. Now people say to me, well, well Charlie, but, but uh, I'm, I can't read. Let me tell you something. You may tell me you can't think, and I don't think as well as I ought to think, but I know one thing. Thinking without reading is like swimming without water. You can swim without water, but you're not swimming. You can r- think without reading, but you're not thinking. You see, the mind needs some words. The mind needs some words to put on the thoughts, to think them, because what's the use of knowing all you know if you don't have some words on the thoughts to think, the thoughts to know you know it? And the beauty of thinking the thought and seeing how little you know about what you discovered, you now know, and to unlearn it and rethink it and, and broaden it and deepen it. Oh, and that's where the books come in. For example... Lincoln, mm, how I love this book on Lincoln. Now, you're going to hear a great deal from the motives about self-esteem. It's a great word. We need it. You'll hear a great deal from motives about self-image, and there's no question we need a good self-image. You'll hear some things about people who major in education, and we need it. You talk about people about being a good father and providing a good father image, and that's good. You'll hear people talking about managing your money and giving your family a good standard of living. That's good. You know why I love reading? I love to read about a book. A man who was raised in worse than a ghetto, eight people in a one-room cabin that had no door or windows, crawl space. His mother died when he was nine. He had no education. He married in a very hostile marriage situation. His mother died when he was nine. His sister died, his sweetheart died. When he was elected to the presidency the first time, they snuck him to Baltimore the night before his inauguration because the plan was necessitating the first election. When Lincoln was reelected, he got the smallest percentage of the popular vote ever given any in including Walter Mondale. The Electoral College was elect- elected Lincoln. And yet tonight, there's only one statue in Westminster Abbey of a non-Britisher. Who is it? Abraham Lincoln. And uh, in the world, there's only one name respected, It's not Jesus Christ, I wish it were. Lincoln, the communists know there's one standard of goodness. And how did Lincoln, who had no self-esteem, no education, a poor father, everything, how did he make it? His mother taught him to read. He had four books. The Life of George Washington Became His Role Model, Aesop's Fables, Pilgrim's Progress, and the King James Version of the Bible. Lincoln learned to read as a boy. He learned to think as he got older, and because he learned to think, he was able to laugh at his heartaches and turn the most tragic life anyone was ever born into, the most wonderful life ever lived. Books. Oh, God, God teaches to love books. Not books for books' sake, but books because there's no other tool you can have. Even people like me who didn't read much or were late readers or slow readers, the power of books. You need it. And then here, here's the book that saved my marriage, Dr. Tozer. He said, was your marriage as bad as you said it was? I don't want to talk about it. No two people ever hated other like Gloria and I used to hate each other. She gave me plenty of reasons to hate her too, but I was too big a man to hate her as much as she deserved to be hated. And one day I grew so much I accepted her like she was. You know what she did despite me? She changed. <laughs> You know what my wife taught me? My wife taught me no man can remake a woman for her to be what he wants. No woman can remake a man for him to be what she wants. What made a difference? And Gloria had some time to read, God bless her heart. She never had much time. She worked so hard. Such a wonderful wife, such a wonderful mother. But one day when she had some time to read, she began to read one of my favorite authors, A.W. Tozer. Today, because of A.W. Tozer, she lives and believes. Gloria lives and believes what I believe more than I believe in myself. That's the book that taught Gloria and I, the secret to a successful marriage is not sex. It's not love. Now, a little of that wouldn't hurt. (laughs) This is the book that taught us the secret to successful marriage is commitment. Do you know why so many people get divorced, even Christians? They get married when they're in love. It's Very dangerous. Why? Because everybody knows human love don't last long. You know why you need to commit your life to her? It doesn't matter even if you hate her. You may as well learn love her because you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> oh, McClory and I have been married now almost 40 years. You know why we're married for 40 years? She never left me. <laughs> you thought I was going to give you a song and dance, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> You do understand why I love books? I told you earlier why my son wrote me a card from college every day because of the books I had him read in high school. In my business life, we did 10 million a year in 1959. You know how we did it? The power of books. Books, you say, did you all read? They didn't read. I never made people read. I gave them plenty of books so when they got hungry to read, they'd have something to read. And I didn't want them to read a lot. I want to read just enough to get to mind thinking and racing and get to work again. What are you going to do if you don't have a book? Name it. I can name your books, little books. The common denominator success. The, the book list is here for you. If anybody writes in, we'll give you the book list. The common denominator says successful people have something in common with failures. You know what it is? They hate to do the same things. The difference between success and failures is successful people make themselves do what they hate to do. Failures wait for somebody to make them do it or do it for them. You know who needs to read that today? I need it. Everyone needs to read that. Discipline you never learn. Well, let me read you something about reading. The one-minute reader, three volumes. These are in your bookstore. Mrs. Kalman says this, The more we read, the more we believe. The more we believe, the more we hope. The more we hope, the more we pray. The more we pray, the more we love. The more we love, the more we labor. I'm grateful for the books. I'm grateful for the humor books. I'm grateful for the goal-setting books. I'm grateful for books like Reason Why. Because I'm not an evangelist, but seven times I've had men sit down at my desk who had problems that I knew that money wouldn't solve. I've had them read me that book without me saying a word. Seven times I've seen men bow their heads come to know God and the Lord without me saying one word, reading a little book. called the reason why, written by a New Zealand businessman. Oh, the power of a book, the power of a book. But there's fun in books too. That's why I remind you of books like Love and Marriage. Love and marriage. Oh, you say, I can't tell jokes. Well, then learn to read them. Here, I'm going to... We'll wrap it up tonight with you laughing. I love this. It's what every man wants in a woman. No, what woman wants in a man first. Every woman wants a man who's a brilliant conversationalist. She wants a man who's sensitive and kind and understanding and truly loving. She wants a man who helps around the house with washing the dishes and vacuuming the floors and taking the yard. She wants someone who helps to raise the children. She wants a man who's smart as Einstein and looks like Robert Redford. That's what you want, huh? Here's what you're going to get. <laughs> he always takes her out to the best restaurants. Someday he may take her inside. <laughs> he doesn't have ulcers, he gives him. Anytime he gets an idea in his head, he has the whole thing in a nutshell. He's well known as a miracle worker. It's a miracle when he works. He supports his wife in a manner in which he was accustomed. He's letting her keep her job. He's such a bore, he bores you to death. Even with a compliment, well, it's our turn. What every man wants on a woman. A man wants a woman who's always beautiful and cheerful. She could have married a movie star, but wanted only you. She has hair that never needs curlers at beauty shops. She has beauty that won't run in a rainstorm. She's never sick. She's just allergic to jewelry and fur coats. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what you want, huh? Here's what you're getting. She speaks 140 words a minute, but gusts up to 180. She's a light eater. Soon as she gets light, she starts eating. Well, well, folks, there's a lot more. Remember when you laugh, Your problems don't go away. But when you laugh, your problems look a lot different. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com.